Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. It's the last Monday in June, which means the Supreme Court is clearing its desk before vacation. And so, two rulings from the justices today. Also, what happens when the Amish get rich? And believe me, they do. And don't look now, but Facebook wants to know how you're feeling. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. Monday, the 30th of June. Good as always to have you with us, everybody. It was a busy last day of the term at the Supreme Court today. A couple of cases of interest for us, business and economy-wise. Both five to four decisions, by the by. Case number one, known in the shorthand as Hobby Lobby, after the Oklahoma City-based crafts company that was the lead plaintiff. The justices ruled that closely held businesses, and that is the operative phrase here, closely held businesses, cannot be forced to provide insurance coverage for contraception if doing so violates the owner's religious beliefs. From the healthcare, but this is actually a corporate structure story desk at WHYY, Marketplace's Dan Gorenstein gets us going. The question in front of the Supreme Court was fairly straightforward. Can Hobby Lobby and other businesses be forced to offer contraception coverage if that contraception, like the morning after pill, violates their religious beliefs? The court ruled for companies that look a lot like Hobby Lobby, they don't have to offer that coverage. In writing for the majority, Justice Samuel Alito went out of his way to focus on certain businesses, says Duke Law Professor James Cox. The justice was fairly clear in saying he's talking about a closely held, family-dominated corporation with no outside owners and no diversity of opinion. It's not clear how many businesses meet that definition. Some 9 out of 10 corporations are closely held. Everything from mom-and-pop shops to giants like Coke Industries and Cargill, which employs hundreds of thousands. The bright line the court draws is about religious intent. And George Washington law professor Robert Tuttle says you can see the difference between a family-run operation and IBM with its army of shareholders. It's just really hard to see how they can have a sincere religious objection to anything. While this verdict is aimed at a class of corporation, Boston College's Kent Greenfield, who filed an amicus brief in the case, expects companies of all shapes and sizes to squeeze through this new opening. This gives companies the opportunity to ask for a waiver from regulation, and usually regulation costs money. And if they can avoid those costs by asserting a religious waiver, then they will. Greenfield says this decision could give certain companies a competitive advantage, on the basis of religion. I'm Dan Gorenstein for Marketplace. Case number two from the court today, lest you'd think I'd forgotten, was a relatively narrow holding about some kinds of public employees, home health care workers specifically, and whether they can be forced to pay union dues. The short answer is no, but remember, a relatively narrow holding from the justices today. All right, moving on. One month to the day after Eric Shinseki resigned as Secretary of Veterans Affairs, President Obama has announced his replacement. Somebody you've heard mentioned before on this program, in point of fact, Bob McDonald, the former CEO of Procter & Gamble. Yes, that Procter & Gamble, the world's biggest consumer products company from which McDonald retired about a year ago. McDonald did serve in the Army. He's a West Point graduate, in point of fact. But unlike a lot of his predecessors at the VA, he didn't spend his career in the military or in government service. Marketplace's David Gura reports. In the 90s, Alan Simpson chaired the Senate Committee on Veterans Affairs, and he praises President Obama for picking someone from the private sector. 
Oh, that's big. It's huge and it's critical. Simpson says the VA needs a proven manager. In the past, the department's been led by generals, a colonel and a congressman, in addition to lobbyists and lawyers. But Ed Dorn says the move from business to government can be tough. He's a former undersecretary of defense. A cabinet secretary uh, is going to be uh, held accountable by 535 people, senators and members of Congress. A group that's many times bigger than any corporate board. And Dorn adds corporate directors can't convene press conferences to score political points. There's also pressure from veterans groups. Barbara Romzak's the dean of the School of Public Affairs at American University. It's a much more complicated arena to work in. President Obama's choice caught many by surprise. Philip Longman's a fellow at the New America Foundation. He's written a book about the Department of Veterans Affairs. On its face, this candidate has zero qualifications to head the VA. McDonald has no background in public administration, Longman points out, and no experience in health care management. Something Sarah Singer teaches at...